Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where brandy meets bludgeoning, mimosa meets misdemeanour and port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Don't turn your shit towards me, motherfucker! <laughs> I bet she was fun at parties. She had some great stories. <laughs> Halloween, is it? <laughs> Bring me some leads, you knuckleheads. God damn it, I've got the chief of police breathing down my neck. Wow, the secret to long life is like, do a murder. <laughs> <laughs> at least we don't have to put anything up our twat. <laughs> And the drunk women are playing live tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on Halloween. That's November the 1st in London at the Pleasance in Islington with guests Olivia Lee and Jenny Eclair. But don't worry if you're going to miss that one because they're doing another live date at the Pleasance again on the 6th of December. Joining them will be Susie Ruffle and back by popular demand, it's London Hughes. But now let's get on with a very spooky edition of Drunk Women Solving Crime. Don't have nightmares. Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are joined by the fantastic actress, radio presenter, lover of dogs and cheese, Sarah Champion. 
those things. Thank yeah. you for having me. Like dogs and then cheese. Um, I mean, dogs is a constant. Cheese <laughs> is, you know, not with every meal, but if it goes, then yes. You can put yeah. cheese on any meal and it will yeah, be better. pretty much can. Yeah. Name me a meal you can't put cheese on and improve it. I dare you. Cheese. <laughs> cheese. No, cheese on cheese is amazing. Yeah, cheese on cheese is good. Cheese. Fish. You have like cheese sauce on a fish. You can you? have cheese sauce. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good Cheese in fish pie, too. Yes, oh, yeah. and that's yeah. delicious. I'm with, you, I'm with you. You had to turn it into a sauce. Then... <laughs> and you turn it into go. a sauce. Yes. Dogs love cheese as well. That's a... They do. Yeah. It's a high quality treat in the dog world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. That's one of the ways they get my dog to come back when she won't come. Anyway. <laughs> It's a Halloween special! (laughs) 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 Halloween cheese. (laughs) It's orange. (laughs) Sarah Champion, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Halloween or otherwise? A ghoulish crime. Um, <laughs> yes, I have two, and I have uh, so there's reasons that I would like to tell both of these stories. Oh, good. Okay. Um, first of all, and, and you know what? So I, I, I'm familiar with this podcast. I was aware <laughs> that I had to come up with a crime, and at first I thought, have I ever? And I, yes, of course. I've been in and around London for 20 years. I have a good tube wank story as much as the next person, <laughs> as much um, as the next woman. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, exactly. Yes. Um, but my first story is when I was at college, uh, I went to Goldsmiths in New Cross oh. and I lived in Deptford. And if you weren't mugged yourself, like, <laughs> you, you knew somebody who was. Um, but the story that was sort of quite, ended up quite exciting was that we were sat outside a pub that we used to go to all the time um, called the Anchor in um, London Bridge. Fun fact, it's oh. at the end of Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. Did you ever watch that film? Wow. Glamour. Um, glamour. <laughs> and it turns out a hotspot for crime because... Um, I mean, everyone has a story about being in a pub and having their bag swiped or... um, But this guy wasn't even particularly... uh, So he didn't do it with any grace or any way of kind of, oh, look over there, I'm going to take your bag. (laughs) It was just a swipe of the bag. And I think he was relying on speed to get him away. But what actually happened is that uh, there's a big group of us at a table... He took the bag. Someone went, Ellen, he's got your bag. And Ellen was this amazing uh, girlfriend of, of my housemate. And she's this Norwegian sort of glamour person. She went straight into Wonder Woman mode. Yes. <laughs> Stood up and pelted after this guy. Wow. He and his he, his friend was waiting with a push bike for Ooh. him to jump onto. So that was their getaway. mode of operation. Yeah. One, just get on the bike and run. But because Ellen was just on him and, and actually all the girls got up because... Here's the thing about when something like that happens, you think to yourself, right, so the sensible thing here to do is just to let him have the bag. He could have a knife or worse. But actually, and especially after a few beers, (laughs) dare you? (laughs) I am coming after you hard. Even if they haven't stolen your bag. (laughs) Yes. And so the quite lovely thing is that all the girls had just jumped on this guy and he ended up running off and leaving his bike. Oh my God. So you got his bike. Which one of the guys, one of the boyfriends, had eventually caught up with this gang of girls uh, and sort of didn't know what to do but was furious and kind of just picked up his bike and threw it on the floor oh, and I can't really honestly tell you yes yeah, I can't honestly tell you what happened after that it was a long time ago but it was just a lovely moment that's so funny um, it really is. 
The, the second story is, is a tube wank story, um, but I'm, I'm doing it as an early disclaimer as to how bad I'm going to be at the remainder of this podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, I was sat on a, a tube, go- I can't remember which one specifically, but I was on my own in the carriage. Mm. Which is uh, straight away you go, mm. Mm. no, but only because you've yeah. flagged up Absolutely. that a wank is going to happen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you should be, no, you should be safe on your own. Of course, honestly. you should. It's mm. London. Yes. Like, you're never far from help as well as far from a penis a A penis as it but yeah yeah. no sorry continue no and so um i I, simpsons to me (laughs) (laughs) we all do the same thing on the tube you know um you've got your headphones in you're like looking down you're not really uh, too aware of what's going on necessarily until Mm. something just doesn't feel quite right um and yes i was suddenly aware that there was a guy standing in front of me holding the uh, rail oh. and he was standing in front of me right and obviously in front of you. right in front of me oh. when he absolutely didn't need oh. to be and i thought right straight away this doesn't feel right no. and obviously being sat down i'm at penis level um so i look up and to be i mean and there was a penis not out it was very much confined but it was there and big and wow. and and Whoa. i thought okay so do i what, what do i do at this point do i kind yeah. of just ignore it do i acknowledge um what he then did was all stay with me forever because it's just <laughs> odd and i realize this is a visual thing but hopefully it will work. <laughs> he just kind of pinched the end of it in a sort of movement god um so weird and so you make a decision very quickly you kind of think okay so this train's going to stop soon and what i will do is just ignore that that happened and get off the train yeah um and that's what i did uh but a friend of mine had had something similar happen to her maybe two weeks previously and the guy then went on to attack somebody so i thought okay i'm now i need to report this yeah so i went into uh, the transport police or whatever it is and, and they were so sweet actually and really lovely yeah but it's at that point that he kind of went, and what, what did he look like? And I went, he was wearing blue jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all I had. And I thought Aww. that is like 99% certainly that, I guess of the Yeah, that's what they rely on, isn't it? Yeah. That you right. kind of, you don't look at well, their face. You don't want it. to. So Six much inches, you... 10. <laughs> Uh, medium build. Yeah. Weird yeah. little tip on the end. Yeah. <laughs> Race unknown. <laughs> so essentially that is my early disclaimer about that's how good at crime solving I am because I had nothing. You know, I just, I was blue jeans. I mean, I'm, I was kind of relying on maybe CCTV to have picked him up yes. or something. Yeah, but, no. Well, welcome yeah. aboard. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks everyone. I'll be here for at least oh, the next man. hour. Gonna, it just that's made me think next time this happens, I'm going to try and take a photo. <laughs> <laughs> and then run <laughs> I don't know if it will work out well the thing is I think do you feel like now that you're sort of like I mean did, how many years ago did this yes, happen yeah. do you feel like now you would deal with it differently because I, th- I think what would I do I always have this I have this vision of myself in a situation where yeah. I always think I'm going to be a hero but I'm totally not because you're just petrified it's actually fight, yeah. Fight and and it's, flight, yeah, yeah exactly and I always think that if now I think what I'd do is I'd just go why is your penis in my face and stand yeah, up and mm-hmm. kind of particularly if there's like, other people around because I think that if they, they don't just do it when it's just you and them you can ruin it for them because they're getting off on like, yeah, you're exactly. scared or whatever and yeah. everyone will yeah. be on your side no one's going to be like hey a man's got to do what a man's got to do you know you're kind of <laughs> yeah. it, but it's that thing but I feel literally only in the last few years when women have 
felt more empowered, even mm. like we've had a Yasi or two. Yeah, I feel like I would be more vocal. Hysterical woman complaining about a penis that's probably not even there. Well, yeah, but also you kind of... <laughs> but you also hear more about it, don't you? Like, you hear that it's happened to so many people. Yeah. Like, it happened to you, because I remember you used to do material about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I have a stand-up routine about a guy wanking at me on the Victorian Just line. full-on old boy out. Yeah, right. old boy out. And, uh, but, but not right in front of me, like a little bit... Listeners, further, she like... gestured. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm it was slightly crooked. <laughs> It was, it was like a huge gesture. It, went, oh. <laughs> it hung to the right. It's that weird thing of like, you're not, like you say, you're not concentrating. Something out the corner of your eye, you're a bit like, mm-hmm. what was, no, that wasn't, that looked a bit like a, no, but it obviously went, oh my God, it was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so in the routine, I was like, um, well, obviously I take it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even wearing makeup. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And this is how we work our way onto the circuit. <laughs> I'm okay with everything that's happened to me. And then, and then my old reviewers go, oh, she talked about sex, though. It's like, no, I, oh, so I talked about abuse, whoa, actually. Whoa. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I spoke up. It's interesting, like, would you, because I have so many stories where I froze and I was silent. And I mm. think that's the thing that frustrates me when we talk about mm. testimony and like, well, why didn't she yell? Why didn't she do yes. this? And it's like, if you don't understand what it's like to be frozen, yeah. especially when you're on your own, but even yes. if you're not, mm. then you just don't understand that state. You yeah. just don't get it. But I remember the first time I spoke up and it was in New York, really crowded subway. And this guy just took a chance that I wouldn't say anything, really packed. And he put his whole arm, he was behind me, put his whole arm between my legs. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. So I felt it go, so I could see oh. his fist like through my legs. Fuck. And so I just like, I like slowly wiggled my way around and I, I just said like, what the fuck do you think you're doing touching me there? Awesome. Get your hand the fuck off me. And I was like 21 years old. I'm yes. like, these big words are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and the best part was the guy was so thrown that I had said something that he nervously rotated, like he had nowhere to go. And he turned around to this giant woman from Brooklyn who just went, don't turn your shit towards me, motherfucker. <laughs> Yes. And I was like, oh, the sisterhood. Yeah. Yeah. We exist. So if any of these villains were here now, and not in the like you're still alone on a tube capacity, but like they're in custody, you, you're allowed to shout at them. Everyone is safe. What would you say to them now? I would really like to just have them in a situation whereby they mm. feel that fear. Yes. So I would like I to like have it. them in a, a in an empty tube yeah. with um, the childhood TV character that they grew up fearing. So whether yeah. that's... Um, yeah. The, uh, That's a really good one. I like genius. That. I like that. <laughs> You're going to be really good at this next part. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. What are we drinking, Katie? We are drinking, well, I am drinking Brewdog Indie Independent Pale Ale. Yes, me too. Oh, nice. have you got the same one? Yeah, really. And nice. then, which one are you drinking? Taylor? Well, I've got, I've got Dead Pony Club. Which, oh, I mean, to be honest, I've been a long time member <laughs> since I was eight. Nine. A dead horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first rule of Dead Pony Club is kill, kill a pony. Yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's delicious. It's a pale ale, and it's going down very well. And I had tried the American Red. Ooh one just because of cultural stuff yeah. and it, that was that went down well 
Love what, it. Cool. What, well, thank you. you thank you, Brewdog. I have, have got, got a... Oh, I've got the Punk IPA, which I believe is a classic of the uh, the Brewdog uh, it is. thing. That, I believe so. Come on, yeah. they all talk about it. Oh, mate. Everyone's talking about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a postmodern classic. According to the can. But um, yes, it's delicious. Just like and... you, Hannah George. <laughs> hey. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. It's a good crime solving. <laughs> I am going to set the scene. It is Halloween nights, Ooh. all Hallow's Eve. <laughs> the moon is round. <laughs> Not full, but round. <laughs> the moon is a circle. <laughs> the dead are coming, or whatever. Okay, so sound effects wise, this is where we're going to add the Vincent What's His Face laugh from the end of Thriller. I can do that. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Dead Pony I, Club. I don't think we need the uh, real one. <laughs> I think that was much better. The year is 1957. I'm starting a bit different. I'm giving you the year. Sure. Um, because it's Halloween and it's different. <laughs> the place is a suburb in LA, California. You do not have to guess where we are. We are in LA, California. It's 1957. There is a house in suburban LA in 1957, not New Orleans. (laughs) It's Halloween. I can't stress that enough. Um, It's 11 p.m. at night. The doorbell rings. There are four people inside the house. One of them comes to the door, assuming that it's trick-or-treaters ringing the doorbell. Um, The person answers the door and they say, it's a little late for this, isn't it? And the reply comes, no. And then... Bang! They get shot in the chest. Whoa! Wow! Yeah, those kids in that place are just <laughs> crazy. He didn't even give them a chance to say trick or treat. It was just straight didn't to the trick. Straight to the trick. Do we think the victim that gets shot is male or female? Oh, I imagined it as a bloke. I imagined like, a bloke. Mm, okay, because. Yeah, because it is late, and so I guess the guy would be like, oh, we'll go and see who that is. A guy would open the door, right, if it's late? Oh, see, I had, like, a mom with a big bowl of candy, like, isn't it a little late for this? I had, like, a real, like, mumsy character. Yeah. Well, I can confirm that Hannah and Sarah are correct in this instance. Um, A man has been killed. It does happen, just like the men's rights activists say it does. (laughs) We never refuted that. We never refuted it. Um, so the shot man is Mr. Peter Fabiano and he is an LA beauty shop owner. So he is also an ex-marine. Um, do you think that Peter dies or survives? Shot in the chest. Yes. He's shot just below the heart. Just below the heart makes me think maybe not then. What's below your heart? Does anyone know biology? <laughs> I, I, would, I would say legs. So like literally I need something better than that. Uh, I mean, There's a lot below there. We've got the stomach. We've got the spleen. We've got, I mean, part of the lungs. Do you want me to keep going? Little, yeah. <laughs> the intestines. I'm going to say he lived only because you mentioned he was a Marine. So I'm picturing oh, this like really okay. beefy guy who clings to life bravely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like if you get shot in the chest, that's probably your lot. Um, <laughs> just because I imagine there's so much blood, and unless you, you suddenly have a, a, you know, an ambulance there in yeah. two seconds, yeah, it's going to be a lot of blood. I like to think he survived. I'm an optimist. Okay, um, Sarah, you're getting promoted. You were correct. He dies. Oh. He um, he bleeds out and dies on the way to hospital. 
who do we think the other people in the house are? I guess his loving family, guys. I mean, <laughs> this is the this is the thing. I guess maybe his maybe his family. Is it his family? It is his family. Oh. I didn't give everyone else a chance to guess. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, his wife Betty Fabiano, Betty's two children from a previous marriage, and um, Betty actually found Peter and screamed for help. Her fifteen-year-old daughter Judy Solomon called the police. Uh, so these are the facts. Now we've got to solve it. It actually took the police investigators two weeks to find a person of interest in the case. Um, why do you think this was? I mean, Michael Myers would be my go-to on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is prolific on that night. <laughs> oh, so maybe they were wearing a mask. Is that what you mean? Oh. Yes, that isn't what I meant, but now it is. <laughs> this is why we work in teams, Sarah. We work in teams. This is it's interesting that you should say that. Okay. You have, you've stumbled onto something. Okay. Uh, but we will get to that. All right. Um, yeah, so they were... So basically, it was a very confusing case, mm. just straight out, because the... Um, the shooting was reminiscent of a gangland kind of execution, yeah. uh, like an assassination. Yeah. So the police initially thought that Peter Fabiano must have been involved in some kind of dark shit to have been a target. Um, so they like just uh... dug around into his background. Um, but aside from a misdemeanor charge of bookmaking, um, which is working as a bookie um, in 1948, Peter was clean. That's so sad. Yeah. Well, we'll just delay. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he had it coming. That's basically like he had it coming. Yeah. Because this seems like a Why would you be shot in your home if you had Thank been... goodness that sort of thing doesn't happen today. <laughs> Law enforcement. Um, so they're like, oh my God, he's clean. What do we do now? Bring me some leads, you knuckleheads. Um, Good 50s word, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. I did a lot of research into <laughs> the appropriate slang to she's shout. Got, she's got the vernac. <laughs> uh, so Betty, the wife, remained sedated for a few days before making herself available for questioning uh, because it's 1957 and Valium is very much an option for the bereaved. I'm assuming that that is why. Mm. Um, before I give you the next clue, do we think that the perp was male or female? Um, say, I'm assuming it was um, male because if it were female, they wouldn't have assumed it was a gang shooting. Okay. In, especially in 1957. Okay. Yeah. Good guess. Any, oh, I'm going to three Sarah? in a row. Uh, I feel like it, I'm going with male also. Okay. Okay. Hannah I guess George? it could be a, a, a man dressed as a woman or a woman dressed as a man because if we're saying they're in a costume, yes. true. It could be it could be anyone, but it's probably a man thinking about it. Okay. Uh, Betty told police that she'd heard two voices that night. One masculine and one like a man impersonating a woman. The first suspect is a woman. Wow. Okay. Um, the first suspect is Joan Rabble. Joan is 40 years old. She worked at Mr. Peter Fabiano's beauty shop. Uh-huh. And she was a family friend. Oh, was she? Um, Joan Rabble had become such good friends with Betty that when Betty and Peter went through a rough patch... With their marriage, Betty actually moved in with Joan for a short while. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, Peter became jealous of the relationship between the two women. He ultimately decided to work things out with Betty, but there were conditions that had to be agreed to. Betty was not to ever see Joan Rabble again and to not even say her name in his presence. Oh, wow. so they were lovers. Uh-huh. And he was very jealous. Yes. And he kept them apart, so she killed him. That is definitely the road that it looks like we're going down. <laughs> Good work, Taylor. I'm promoting you. <laughs> For ruining the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's guessed it. Uh, these ladies are getting it on, and Peter wants to run clitiference. Which is oh, sorry, what Katie. was that? It's word? lesbian slang for cock blocking. Wow! Thank you, Refinery Twenty Nine Point I can't even read my own gay sources. Is that the right word? Gay sauce is a great yeah, no, on hamburgers, not. by the way. Just so you know. Yeah, put cheese on it as well. <laughs> Bit of cheese, done. Clitoference. See, Pete, and now I'm upset because here I was like, okay, we're going to break the mold. We're get, Here we have, finally, we have a case with a woman murderess and we're going to tear her apart and yeah. be like, how dare you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like repetition, repetition, men, men, men. And yeah. I was like, I'm ready to tear it. And now I'm like, yep. Okay, I'm not saying it's okay she shot him in the chest. That's a little extreme, but like, <laughs> I already empathize with her yeah. already. Sorry. She's a spurned lover. <laughs> also, innocent or proven guilty, Joan Rabble is just... Well, she's the, the first story. suspect. So they, they, the love that did not speak its name, and then they were like, no. And then Peter put his foot down, he's overplayed his hand, and now he's got shot. Um, so Joan Rabble was arrested. Why do you think she was arrested? I guess there was motive, wasn't there? Mm. I mean, I guess that's... For the reason that we just pretty yeah, much put no, her in jail. No, absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> but how did they know that? Did Betty well, she make just... a statement about this relationship? Oh. Who was in on their relationship besides Peter? It was known that they she they lived together. Mm-hmm. I think it was very much suspected. Okay. And um, she was arrested for suspicion of murder. Um not for being gay, which is nice. Did she have 57. a firearm in her possession that was the match? The well, we will get to that. Oh, okay. But that is a very good question, and I like how you think, Detective Taylor. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so she was arrested under suspicion that she killed Mr. Fabiano because she objected to demands that he made to keep her from seeing Betty. Um, also, just a bit of color. Uh, Betty is considered a great beauty. Uh, she's meant to be this glamorous divorcee with two kids that marries the ex-marine. It's a tale as old as time. Uh, so Rabble denied any involvement, saying that she was at home the whole night and that her car in her driveway was proof of this. Uh, this was, it turned out, a partial truth. In fact, her car was in her driveway the entire night. But after interviewing her acquaintances, detectives learned that she was definitely not at home the entire night. A friend of hers told investigators that she let Rabble borrow her car mm. um, and that about 37 miles were put on it. Oh, a friend? You don't yeah. dob in a friend, you fucking grass. I know, right? <laughs> 
Um, classic. Cheapskate friend, 37 miles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a dollar fifty, Joan. <laughs> Joan is caught in this lie um, about where she is and what car she's in. When caught in the lie, she admitted that she did borrow the car. What do you think she said that she used the car for when caught in this lie? So very much, she needs a good excuse for this. She's trying to not be a suspect of murder. What do you think she said she was using the car for? It has to be like somewhere roughly 17 miles there, 17 miles back, doesn't it? Like she has like a kind of circumference where she can go that it has to be 37 yeah. miles. Yeah, because I'm thinking she's run out of candy for the yeah. trick-or-treaters. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good excuse. Yeah. I, I cannot let those children down. <laughs> I will drive 37 miles. <laughs> because there's none of, none of the shops are open until... Until she yeah, has. So I will not let the midnight kids go hungry. <laughs> go yeah, by the Clark not. bars. Um, you guys are better at this than Joan. Her excuse was to get groceries. Oh, Joan. She's not, not even trying. Joan, Come on, Joan. Nobody grocery shops that time of night. <laughs> you, if you're depressed, I've definitely had times when I've been like really sad and I've been like, now's a good time for bread. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I do Maybe it, some but not yeah. normal people. <laughs> but uh, with no hard evidence to go on, police had to let Rabble go. Mm-hmm. We are back to square one. Mm-hmm. I said, bring me some leads, you knuckleheads. God damn it, I've got the... Chief of police breathing down my neck. Oh, it's, it's okay. We've got we've got an anonymous tip off. <laughs> oh, love right. it when that happens. Yeah, we don't have to do any work. It's fine. <laughs> A um, bit like what happened to you on the tube in anonymous tip off. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry, well, it's, it's too far. It's too far. Sorry, sorry, uh, Sergeant Sergeant Wilkins, do continue. Sorry, this is all pertinent to the case. About a month later, an anonymous tip was called in about a lockbox in a department store that should be checked. When officials followed up on the tip, they opened this lockbox. They found a 38 caliber gun, which ballistics later confirmed matched the weapon used to kill Mr. Fabiano. You may now meet suspect number two. Upon further investigation of sales records at local gun shops, they found that the gun belonged to Goldine Pizer. Now, I do not know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And Can then, I see? Pe- yeah. I think you're doing great. I'd say Pizer. <laughs> Pizer. Pizer. Goldine Pizer. So, Goldine Pizer mm-hmm. is a lab technician at Los Angeles Children's Hospital. Wow. Just with, based on absolutely nothing, do you think she did it? Well, it's not oh, it's a she. I, okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, it's a she. Goldine. <laughs> No. A lab technician? You don't think she did it? Mm-mm. Okay. But the didn't the gun belong to her? I mean, guys, the come gun. on. That's circumstantial, Hannah George. <laughs> the no. circumstance being that a gun was used to shoot a man that was hers. That's not how we do things in this department. But yeah, you're right. Um, no, so yes. Yeah, so, um, Paisa, by all accounts, was a meek woman and almost immediately confessed to the shooting. Oh, wow! Uh, She insisted that it wasn't her fault, however, and that someone had put her under a spell. What? Oh, man. Because it's Halloween! Yeah, it's just got Halloween-y. Unfortunately, they don't give us any details about this spell. They just meant metaphorically, disappointingly. She was under some Halloween spell. Yeah, well, she actually, no, she didn't call it a Halloween spell. That's just what I'm calling it. Okay. Um, so that's going to make it more ridiculous, yeah. right? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're like, oh, it was uh, under a spell, people go, oh, I see. And then if you're I was under a Halloween spell, people go, oh, well, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Too far. Um, who do you think she says put her under the spell? Joan. Yes. 
Uh, Do they know each other? Yes. So, Rabble and Paisa had been good friends, possibly lovers, for a few years. According to one source, according to another, Rabble seduced Paisa after the Betty thing went tits up with this plan in mind. Um, Paiser and Rabble sounds like the most shit detective show. <laughs> it does. It does. No. Rabble would always tell Paiser what an awful person Peter Fabiano was. It became an obsession and their favourite topic of conversation. Ooh, Though wow. Paiser didn't know Mr. Fabiano herself, she began to hate him. Talk of murder began between the two women and Rabble gave Paiser money to buy a gun. The night of the murder, Paiser attempted to disguise herself wearing a hat, gloves, mask and face paint with the gun hidden in a paper bag. It was Halloween and wouldn't look suspicious to anyone that might see her. Rabble and Paisa arrived at the Fabiano house at around 9pm and sat outside waiting hours for the lights to be turned off inside the house to make their move. Mm. Paisa went to the door while Rabble waited in the car. After the deed was done, Paisa ran back to the car and when she got inside, Rabble kissed her and said thank you. After dropping the car off, Rabble told Paisa, forget you ever knew me. The pair walked off in different directions. Whoa. Yeah. That's like, do you, but do you think they went to the police station and they, she went, it was a lesbian spell. And they went, oh, I get it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. No, that, makes, that checks out. That checks out. <laughs> oh, they went, that doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, wow. I love them walking off in two different directions as well. That's like fucking movie it's shit. Quite cinematic. Yeah. It really is. Um, <laughs> so. That is the story so far. A judge heard that and then ordered three psychiatrists to examine the women. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's actually nice to see like a minority group treated like a white man with all this worry and emphasis on mental stability. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's mm. Mental health. Um, Paisa told the psychologist, I had no motive personally. Whatever motive I had was to please Joan. I was always easily influenced. I have been impressionable and always trusting. So after hearing the account of the murder, the psychiatrist wrote the only thought she had was that she had to save her friend, Joan Rabble, from an evil person. Uh, the women were charged with first-degree murder. At the trial, both women pleaded innocent, Paisa by reason of insanity. Paisa wept as she recounted the night of the shooting in front of a jury. Reports say that Rabble smiled as she was led out of the court that day. Ooh, oh, oh, she is a bastard. Okay. She's yeah, chilling. she is. I feel I feel bad for um, Goldine, actually. That's, mm. She's been used. She's yeah. been torn. Mm. Joan's quite manipulative, I think. Mm. Um, probably a psychopath. In the end, they each accepted a plea deal for second-degree murder and were sentenced to five years to life in prison. Um, That's I pretty bad. <laughs> five years? Yeah, it's, it's very lenient. Which... That's like when my friends say, like, oh, I'll be five minutes or so. It's like, like no, you're going to be forever and ever and ever. Like, you need to, like, you need to be more specific. When you say, like, five minutes, you can't be gone for seven years or something. So it was actually a bit of a scandal that they got such a light sentence. Um... In April 1958, the Valley News Sun published an article criticising the recent leniency, leniency of local judges and prosecutors on criminals. What was referred to as the trick-or-treat murder was cited as an example of women being treated softly in the courtroom. But come on, not all women, am I right? <laughs> um, but that was it, they got out. And um, So what... was it five, after five years? Yeah. Wow. Is to life just a thing they put on the end of that for fun? Yeah, with the full intention of just letting them out as soon as possible. Mm. Wow. That's extraordinary. Or like, yeah. it I guess it depends how they behave in parole. And, and what stuff. about Betty? 
So, where are they now? Well, dead, obviously. But before they died. Um, according to the LA Times, Paisa was eventually released and remained in the Los Angeles area. In 1971, she was made an officer of the Miracle Mile chapter of the Professional Women's Club. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But everything worked out great for her. Paisa died at the age of 83 in 1998. Rabble was... Yeah, she lived a long, happy little life after she... Shot someone in the chest. Shot someone in the chest, went to prison briefly, and then became an officer of the Miracle Mile chapter of the (laughs) National Women's Club. Yeah, wow. She had quite a busy time. Um, I bet she was fun at parties. She had some great (laughs) stories. Like, let me tell you. (laughs) Halloween, is it? Here's one, here's one. <laughs> I'll top your ghost story. Um, yeah, Rabble was presumably released at some point, although there is little trace of her after 1957. So we actually don't know what happened to her at all. Wow. Um, Betty went on to live a full life, as far as we know, passing away at the age of 81 in 1999. Wow, the secret to long life is like, do a murder. <laughs> Like, it's like it's no creams or kind of like exercise regime. Like, tell Gwyneth Paltrow, she needs to know. It's not a vagina crystal, it's murder. Yeah. This will help us get lots of sponsors. <laughs> the thing is, if that came out in the next issue of Goop, like, nobody would blink. They'd be like, yeah, Gwyneth. <laughs> yeah. That's not as shit. bad as that crystal, baby. <laughs> no, at least yeah. we don't have to put anything up our twat. <laughs> Do we know what happened to the kids? I mean, I feel like they would be we well-rounded don't. individuals. Oh, right. Oh man. I I just think yeah, the Fabianos okay for them. I don't know actually. Like, you know, that's kind of an average LA upbringing, <laughs> though, isn't it? It's like either you have a celebrity dad, so you're fucked up, or your dad yeah. gets murdered, so you're fucked up. Either way. Either way. Mm. I think the moral of the story is if you marry a beautiful woman that likes to bang chicks on the side, <laughs> don't bang her side. Don't ban her psychopathic lover from your house and expect to live. <laughs> that's, hmm. that's like being on Jerry Springer there. <laughs> Take care of yourself. So what are everyone's theories about what happened? Well, I guess they were found guilty, weren't they? I mean, yeah. like, that's the problem. It's the done. problem is like, yeah, it's done. And um, yeah, it's done. And it's nice to have a couple of women murderers for a change. Yes. Mm. Um, I'm genuinely fascinated by Goldine because mm. she had an awful lot to lose, yeah. very little to gain. Mm. She was kind of very much the pawn in the story that was yeah. just sort of used mm-hmm. to an end that uh, actually she was going to not... Presumably she was in love with... Yeah. yeah. So she's walking away. <laughs> she's an enabler of, of, of a crime that... Uh, that's just gone to my head, I'm sorry. <laughs> In some ways, so, she's the most dangerous person in this story because what else is she going to do? When I don't know. I think she's the most vulnerable person. She's vulnerable. In the, do you know what I mean? Like, because they call it like sometimes when people they call it mate crime when people like, and, and generally it's like with disabled people if people oh. kind of try and make them their mates and then take mm-hmm. their sort of money from All them and kind of make them do things. Mm-hmm. And it feels and obviously we don't we don't know what Goldine's kind of state of mind was, but yeah. for somebody to be that like impressionable, mm. it just yeah. seems really sad. It just seems like. What has she got? Like we said, like what has she got to gain from that? Yeah. Everything to lose and nothing mm, to gain. Yeah. Yeah. And when you said she worked in a lab, so I immediately pictured 
Who's who's the one from Scooby Doo that lost her glasses all the time? <laughs> Velma. Velma. So I feel like Pizer was like the Velma, and Joan was the Daphne, and she yes. was just like kicking mm. her while she was down, looking for her glasses and making her do. Did Daphne do that to Velma? Behind the scenes. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like it was implied. It was so bitchy behind the scenes of Scooby Doo. Mm. I feel like it was implied. Yeah, that's very sad. But what a fascinating, like, mm. as yeah, you say, amazing story. psychopathic. That is another crime song. Drunk women solving crime. Okay, we have a listener crime to solve now. Um, and this one was sent in to us via the medium of Twitter by at Andy Lewis Comedy. Andrew Lewis. Um, he says that in 1990, when he was nine years old, someone stole his recorder and his music teacher accused him of losing it. Aww. And this was evidently very traumatic because he then never played an instrument after Aww. that incident. That's crushing. Um, this teacher, we name and shame the teacher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should. Um, it was Mrs. Mrs. Joseph. Um, she chose Andrew to play Christmas carols on the recorder, but his recorder was stolen before Christmas, so he didn't get to do it. So this is a huge This loss. is why he's a comedian. Like, like, just, this is an origin story. But isn't it like a blessing to everyone in that assembly that no recorder was played? I mean, I'm sorry, babe, but it's not the it's not the instrument you want to hear around Christmas. Or just any or time of year. So Christmassy. Um, and this thing, just to throw more shade at this Mrs. Joseph, she also played that Camp Grenada song repeatedly, which was hard to take. What song was that? Oh, Camp Granada. Oh, okay, I pronounced it. Hello, Mada. Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Granada. I know this because my dad sings it a lot. Oh, wow. Is your dad the music... No. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate conspiracy. There we are. So, I don't know. I don't know how to solve this, but I feel like perhaps somebody, there was a jealous rival that stole the recorder (gasps) because they wanted to do the solo for the Christmas thing, maybe. That would be the first suspect, wouldn't it? That, yeah, Definitely. right? I'd be I think looking. it's good thinking, Katie. Yes. Part of me thinks it might have been his parents. Who like, <laughs> He's so terrible, we have to do this for him. Not realising that they're going to like the scar community. the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and they're just, just like, just put it in your briefcase to work. Just take it to work, take it to work. <laughs> just throw it in the canal on your way to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because unfortunately, I, nobody's ever gone like, oh God, that was a beautiful recorder solo. <laughs> That's true. I've yeah. never heard that. No, no one's yeah. ever said that. No so, one's ever even. You don't pop on the recorder album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the, a very the, good point. The parents didn't want to have to sit through. They were like, "That's going to be two hours long. We can't go to that. Why don't we just destroy his recorder?" I think they were protecting him though, from because they because right, he was bad at the recorder. Yeah, because there's being like, even if you're good at the recorder, you're bad at the recorder. <laughs> so, so wait. So we're saying it wasn't. To protect themselves. No, it was not to having to put him. up with the recorder noise. It was yeah. to protect him from embarrassment, from embarrassing himself. I didn't. What? So what? He was nine. That yeah. I mean, all, all that that nine brilliant record, like that brilliant recorder player at nine. No, there's none of them. <laughs> he could have. He could have been just about to step up and start using the flute. It was a gateway instrument. It's a gateway instrument. Weirdly, I'm and I haven't thought about this in years, but I'm having flashbacks to my music teacher oh. being a dick. Go on. So I remember running across the assembly, and he was uh, like, uh, I guess they were setting up for orchestra or something, and there was a 
double base laying on the floor that had a big spike out of the end Ooh, of it. Oh, yeah. And as I ran past, I kind of impaled <gasps> myself on the spike. Oh, no. And I'm like a really little kid, so I'm expecting people to kind of come over and comfort me. And he just went, do you know how expensive that double base is? Oh, oh no. my God. Like, bleeding and impaled. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so my God. Teachers can be dicks as this. They are such <laughs> dicks. That's horrible. <laughs> That's really yeah. horrible. This child has impaled himself. Himself. Expensive. Just thinking about our man. But exactly. How dare you? What is our man's name? Andrew. I feel like we need to hold a recital for Andrew. <gasps> oh, give him closure. And give him his moment. Oh my yes. god. At Christmas, we should invite him to the live <gasps> Christmas show. Yes. <laughs> to yes. Buy a record. Oh, yes, it. you should. Andrew That's Lewis, it. if you're listening, please come to our live recording, the Christmas show, which will be on the 6th of December. Well, are we going to provide the recorder or does yes. Andrew? We're going to provide. No, you have to bring your own. <laughs> We're going to make you go buy one after We all would that. like to invite you up on stage and put right what once went wrong. Yes. And, and Andrew's wrong. parents, if you're listening, come along half an hour before. <laughs> Something we really need happened. to do. <laughs> wow. I mean, I sometimes worry we don't actually genuinely help people in this section, but I think tonight we, we really could change this man's life. I think life. the magic has just happened. Mm. I actually think Mrs. Joseph took it. Maybe it's just because we've just heard about Joan, the psychopath. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Whiplash, but I feel like she was testing his like commitment. Yes. Like, Which is obviously not Oh, that. Your, your instrument is gone? Your instrument is gone? What are you going to do to get a new one? He's like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm just going to become a, a comedian instead. <laughs> but either way, yeah, I want to hear his tunes. Okay. Come on, Andrew. Um, and we've solved another crime. Cheers, drunk women! Sarah Champa's champion. <laughs> what are you up to at the moment? Is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, I mean, I don't have a book. What do people say? Oh, a radio show. I do a radio yeah. show every weekend. Yeah. That's good. Uh, good. That's uh, a absolute pretty... radio. Uh, um, 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Cool. Saturdays and Sundays. Nice, Amazing. nice. You can find me there a little less drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little so less. So you say. <laughs> it's been known. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening and thank you Sarah Champion for being such a brilliant guest. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 